With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Pete, before, I don't even know we're recording for pod, but this could be in the pod anyway. Um, I think before we get onto Arsenal matters, we address the elephant in the room or the haircut in the room. The trim uh, in the room. Yeah, yeah. I've Who is she? Hair. <laughs> exactly. It is because I'm worth it. Now, um, I have, yeah, I've shortened the hair. See, when you've got a hairstyle like me, you you have a very, a very present danger whenever you go to get your hair cut. And that is that my hair is similar to that of a bush. Like you, you have to trim the hedge to keep it alive. So much so that I actually get my hair cut slightly shorter than what I actually like it at because, because it has to grow into it and my hair grows so quick. But it also unfortunately leaves me with that danger of um ended up looking like Winnie Mandela as I have on a number of occasions uh, and right now I've got that Winnie Man- Mandela haircut so if anyone's having a little pop at me going oh you know your hair's not right I'm growing into it okay my hair's growing into a nice hairstyle so just just chill for a week let me give me a week's grace I think I think it lo- I think it's looking good uh, I think. Uh, did you have one of those little face masks as well? Because you look fresher. You look fresher. Like no, I did go to spa a couple of weeks ago, but um, no. In general, it's just been. <laughs> it's the spa of life, you know. Um, and I, I don't know whether. I, I mean, I can't imagine it could be any other way. But you know, it, it affects all Arsenal fans out there. When you are on a bit of a bounce, it makes you a bit cheerier, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. This is the this. This is the price we pay for our sin of loving football. It does affect our mood. We can't ignore that. Sometimes you take a hide in, it ruins your weekend. There's nowhere to hide. And the reason why the, the successes are so great is because you know how bitterly disappointing those lows are. And if you are on a bounce, it can lift the mood of your general life and your general outlook, I'd say. It is. I, I absolutely agree. You're, you're happier. You've got less on your mind. The Twitter feed is easier to deal with. You're not searching out questions for the nightmare that is Arsenal. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you've had a haircut. I'm glad that the spa and the spa of Arsenal victories is carried over. Um, we can. We're, we're going to have a cheerful podcast today. I think mostly cheerful but tempered because of the Spurs definitely, day. Definitely. All right. So we're let's hit into the podcast on three, two. Mirror man, mirror man. Uh yeah, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks thanks, Pete. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. That's got me pumped even more than what I was um preceding the podcast. I'm I'm ready to roll, I'm ready to give some 
hot, hot takes. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the temperature of these takes. Yeah, the temperature's... It, it, you were missed roasting. last week. You were, you were missed last week. I was... Uh, you could probably feel the smug from across the Atlantic because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my my new king, Aaron Ramsdale, <laughs> uh, and, and his impact in the side. Uh, we're going to talk about Wimbledon today. We're going to talk about some of the players who did really well uh, last night, even though that we couldn't see it. Um, then we're going to talk about the Spurs game because this weekend really is a cup final for Mikel Arteta. So it's a good job that we beat um, Wimbledon going in. So let's just get straight to it. Uh, well, let's not get straight to the hottest takes on Wimbledon. Let's talk about the uh, the absolute insanity that was the you know the publishing schedule of ESPN in the states. And the blackout in the in the UK. I actually don't think I can remember the last time I fully missed an Arsenal game. You know, I've missed, you know, you get on a bad feed every now and then. Um, like sometimes there's a wedding. But to fully miss an Arsenal game and to not be able to get a feed anywhere in the world, that was quite unique. Uh, Johnny, what, what, like, what do you think is going on here? Do you think it was an attendance thing? Do you think it was? Um, do you think it's just the League Cup isn't that appealing anymore, and it's not worth sending out a TV crew? What's the what's the story on the ground in the in the UK? Um, well, <clears throat> I'm very pleased we started with this actually because I was going to bring it up if we didn't. Um, it, it's appalling, really, isn't it? That you can't yeah. at this level you play like genuinely at this stage. If the competition is not good enough to be televised, then we shouldn't be in it. It's that simple. Yeah. Like, what are we? What are we doing here? What are we playing friendlies? Like, you've got to be able to show the people who pay for this sport to be to operate as a business. You can't hide it and tell us afterwards what happened. Like, you know, we don't want spoilers as we're going in. It shouldn't be. You know, I thought we'd gone past the days of teletext, having to just sit there waiting. We scored a goal, yeah, and watching it on that. You know, now games have to be televised, even if, as you say if you're getting hooky feeds or whatever, like there's at least the feed to be able to get. Um, I do. I, I heard yesterday that one of the only ways to view it was there was a fan in the stadium <laughs> streaming it on his Facebook. Live. <laughs> he, he had 8,000 people tuned into his Facebook live. Phenomenal. How mad is that? 8,000 people. But uh, you know, how, it's going to How did he get reception? How, I, I can't even get a text message when I'm in the Arsenal Stadium. How, how is he streaming a, a, a live feed out of there? Incredible. Incredible. He was doing it for the community, and I love that. I do. And he's obviously going to get taken to court now and probably sued. Oh, but... He's in so much trouble. He's in so much trouble. <laughs> he's going to be paying £1 a month back to ESPN <laughs> and Barclays Premier League. But we love you for it, mate. Thanks for that. Yeah. And obviously, you won't do that again, no doubt. But. Power to the people and all that. Um, so absolutely bizarre. And I do think that ultimately, as I kind of hinted, hinted to and alluded to, I think it's actually because the League Cup just almost doesn't see itself as big enough anymore. It's just not getting the viewing figures. Um, I think post-pandemic, uh, you know, I can't even say post, we're still in it. But, you know, the, the effects of the pandemic um, have meant that not only um, TV companies, but you know, also, also, all sorts of businesses are taking less risks, and if they don't think that they're going to be, there's going to be enough bang for their buck. Uh, excuse me, bang for your buck, like in terms of televising, they're not, they're not willing to do it, and so that's why you end up in a weird situation where not only our game, but I'm pretty sure the Chelsea game wasn't televised, the Tottenham game weren't televised. We only and had I've, three games here. We got three games in, in America. The Man U one was on. Yeah. That was it, and it, I mean that's just that's insanity. So. Basically, don't do that again. Otherwise, when we do go on to success in the League Cup, people will go, don't give a shit, mate. We didn't see it. So, yeah. Oh, you know. Or let, let the clubs do a live stream themselves. I would have paid two, three pounds to watch a game on a stream last night. Like the, the the League Cup, I know, I know we didn't play a particularly young side or we didn't play a very inexperienced side yesterday, but I, I'd tune in to see a Patino debut if there was one coming. So I, I just feel, it just felt a little bit odd. I, I did read the, someone was saying, uh, uh, and I have absolutely no idea who it was. So not somebody of importance. They were saying, well, if they, if they showed it, the game on TV, fans wouldn't have gone. And I, I, I disagree. I, I disagree with that. I think that there were, I think fans would have gone this time around because there are six new players and there's some exciting prospects coming through the ranks. So I think you would have got 50,000 in there, 
either way. So it just it just felt like a missed opportunity on many levels. And like th- there's almost no game in the world that you can't see now. Sunday league teams have <laughs> live streams coming from their grounds. You know, like the the idea that you can't get an Arsenal game in 2021 after pandemic year had every single game on TV is yeah disappointing disappointing but at least 50,000 people turned up i thought that that was um that was good and it seemed like people had, had fun in the ground as well for, it was it was it was good, but just to end on that point, I do think that there's been a bit of a change when it comes to... It's probably not just, um, you know, uh, specific to sport. It's also entertainment. There's been a shift um, in terms of uh, the entertainment industry with not trying to be so protective over, like, your, um, your like, intellectual property, your IP. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's or, or your property in general. Because... For instance, I've got quite into the NFL. I'm quite big on NFL. And one of the things that they do in their league, they do not try to, like, hoard their product and put it behind paywalls all the time. They will constantly put it out on YouTube. These are the games. they'll You could basically watch the equivalent of Match of the Day on YouTube of NFL every week because they go, once the games are done, if you're not there watching it live, what's the point in us hanging on to it? And all it does is it acts to build and bolster that company. So I think, you know, when you talk about like the behemoth that is the Premier League, you've got to think about what rivals might they have, and not only in the form of the Champions League and like European football, but also exterior sports like NFL and NBA. And if they're putting it out, you know, the Premier League was forced to. They start doing their highlights. So for a for a competition like the League Cup to try to live with these other you know, giants in this quest for eyeballs at this stage, it's just simply not good enough to not show it because it just completely invalidates uh, the competition. No one will be able to get behind it if they can't see it. It's that simple. Yeah, so not needs to do better, League Cup, because I, I actually think that, that that's a brilliant point. If if that game isn't good enough to show... What what is the point? What is the point? I can get I can get Brentford versus Arsenal preseason, but I can't get uh, you know a, the second game in the League Cup um, at home. And also, like, uh, where's the value for the little teams? I thought it used to be good if you're a you know smaller team struggling for money, you'd get the TV revenue off the back of it. But clearly, they've not worked out um, a model there. So hopefully, we'll get to see the next game, which should be a bit more exciting because it's uh, it's Leeds. So we get to see some Bielsa ball. Um, I don't know whether it's home or away. I'm, well, I should really check that out. But I didn't because I'm not interested in the competition right now. Um, what about the football, though? I, I didn't I didn't see a lot. Like I'm not going to go deep in it. I saw some extended highlights uh, from uh, from an Indian YouTuber who put it up. Thank you to whoever that guy was. Uh, what did you What did you think top line of the game? Um, I mean, look, I think it's um, testament to how we as a club, obviously Arteta in charge of the team, but, you know, more so as a club are setting out their priorities this year. And that is obviously with no distractions of European football, you can't look at the League Cup as being some, you know, um, oh, let's just blood some kids, you know, the Carlos Vela years and stuff like that, where he's just going nuts in the League Cup up until like, you know, the quarterfinals. But you know, at this stage, we have to take it very seriously because it's our most likely route to a trophy. It's the quickest route there. And, you know, obviously you're going to have to play at least one big team along the way. But, you know, the fact is, is anything can happen in the cup. And we're actually got quite a good cup record over the last few years. But, um, you know, we we were going to go for it. You know, I think that there are players who the likes of there were a lot. There was a lot of talk before the game about why are we starting party. It seems like a bit of a, a risk that's quite frankly unnecessary, considering well we've got easily the biggest game of our season so far, and probably will continue to be for a while on the weekend. And if party was to have picked up a little knock, I mean that could be devastating for our chances. But on the same note, I think the argument was made. I, I, I'm kind of along this um, line myself that. There are some players that actually need the games to get into their legs to be able to return to their... Because it's all about, you know, elite sport is all about getting yourself into a rhythm, right? And, you know, some players can just turn it on. That's why they're sensational. The likes of Ronaldo and that, they are their own rhythm. You know, they're they're so elite. But a, a lot of players, very good players, 
need to get those games going so they can feel like they're back in their stride and start, you know, reaching a higher uh, echelons of their potential on the pitch. But so I'm kind of like that. And I kind of think, you know, as long as he's not doing anything completely reckless or he wasn't complaining about an injury going in, if you're going to play him, play him. Let's get the, get the minutes through. Hopefully he's feeling even more confident heading into the weekend. Obviously there wasn't an injury, which was uh, a bonus. Um, and then, you know, you're talking about Obama Yang. Similar, similar situation. I mean, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, starting like Enketia and stuff like that, that is where these players are going to get their chances. Um, but I just thought it was, um, yeah, it, it, it's good. For, it's, it, it's a little bit bizarre in the sense that, you know, when I look at Enketia, for instance, I was starting to believe that his career was done at Arsenal. I mean, we were listening to bids. Yeah. I don't really feel like he's going to be someone who's going to be here next year or the year after. So playing him, you know, it's good. Maybe it'll, it'll puff up his value. I can't say it's the wrong thing to do. Obviously, you got a nice goal. Um, but ultimately, I didn't, you know, I, I um, back the kind of um, importance we're, we're seemingly placing on this competition because I think any other way of doing it would be well, just naive on our part. We we have to go for the jugular. And I thought, you know, we, we did what we were tasked with quite well. Yeah, my my hot take is that we did we did the job. We won another game. My concern is that we are in trouble if one of our creative players gets injured this season. It's the, it's, uh, it's the same as it was last season. If Erdegaard gets injured, we're in trouble. Saka... Smith Rowe, like those three players are absolutely integral to to the way that we operate. I don't I I, I think um I think the first half, I think it was Tim Stillman said all the players are in the right position, but there's no, you know, there's no there's no know-how or no creativity. It's like um it's a bit overly structured. And then in the second half, you bring on your best players. Saka looked absolutely fantastic coming in from the right. Uh, Smith Rowe just brings a, a different level of of energy, and it was great to see both of them involved in goals. And I was particularly pleased for Smith Rowe um, getting on the score sheet because you know, as as you and Matt have said all season, the number ten is a big shirt, and if you wear that number ten, you need to be good for ten goals and ten ten assists this season. And I yeah. think he's been quite unlucky in the first batch of games, but. I think football is all about feel. You know, you score one goal and then that leads to the next one and then you can get into a bit of a role. And he's never really had a big run of scoring goals at Arsenal because he's only been playing since December. But now is a very good time to start getting your scoring boots on with Spurs at the weekend. So, um, I, I, and I'm on the Thomas Party thing, you know, we can talk about that right now. It, when, um, when you overplay footballers and they're fatigued, that's when they start picking up injuries. Thomas Partey is the opposite. He's cramping up after his game. Is that, is that yeah. training in the background? <laughs> it is what I am. Yeah, I'm by a station. By a station. <laughs> that's a lovely noise. That reminded me very much of living in the UK there. So it took me right back <laughs> to my childhood. Um, yeah, Thomas Partey, uh, he needs minutes in the system. And I think you're. It, there are some players... The, the demand they play. I remember hearing a story years ago about Alexis Sanchez. He loved playing football so much that they would have to hide the balls from him because <laughs> he would just go and chase after them. And I think Thomas Partey is a is a player that isn't injury prone. You know, he, he the, the amount of games that he missed through injury when he was in Spain is absolutely minimal. So I think he's probably chomping at the bit to get out there. And if you're cramping up after a football game, that means you don't have enough fitness in your legs. So I think the run out's fine. Spurs played Harry Kane uh, yeah. at, at the weekend. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. It's far too early in the season to uh, talk about wrapping someone in cotton wool. And I actually think when you wrap someone in cotton wool, that, that can work against you. Because then they're not playing, you know, a week at a time, and maybe you don't train as intensely as you do as you play in match day, and then you can get injuries that way. So hopefully um, there's no reaction um, at the weekend. But I was glad to see Thomas Party out on the pitch, and um, I, I think you know my last one on. I oh, know we'll get into we'll get into this a little bit later. We'll talk about the young players. Let's talk about kids on the rise. Uh, Man of the match award went to Nuno Tavares. Um, you know we didn't speak after the, the game at the weekend. 
But Nuno Tavares is an exciting player. He's got um, some really strong technical skills. He's very tall for um, for a fullback. And he has a Dharma Traore-like power. <laughs> I mean, it, it's difficult to stand out when it comes to power in the Premier League. But he is unbelievably quick, unbelievably strong. It, the, the thing that he's lacking at the moment is you know, he's, he's almost got too much power in the engine. You know, he's got to start to focus it and focus those decisions. But um, to get a man of the match award and for the fans to like really sort of gravitate towards a, a left back so early on is, is, is you know, cause to be optimistic. What's, what's your take on, um, on Nuno? Um, well, I'll just um, quickly tie up one thing on the party thing. For me, um, I do think that it was actually, um, it's a good thing. It encourages me when he's playing because, like, they wouldn't play him if he was carrying a knock. So the fact that they've even got the, you know, the belief in him that he's good for these minutes encourages me that actually he's at least starting to say now, you know, I'm I'm feeling better, which is, in, you know, really a real positive. So on to Nuno Tavares. I mean, he's got everything, hasn't he, to be a fan favourite. The energy, you know, the passion, the... It's nice sometimes. I know you can't build your team all around them, but these players that every now and then are just like, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. They're like a box of frogs. Anything can happen. Um, and it's just exciting. It's a bit of chaos on the field that you know on one day will go for you. Sometimes it might not go for you, but that is what excites, <clears throat> especially when you're talking about the kind of system that we might be employing here, which is very rigid in terms of what players get in terms of their instructions on the field. Having someone on the... That, that might be dull to certain fans who don't want to see that much rigidity in our in our play and they want to see yeah. a bit more flair. So having individuals like that who can come on and just do crazy stuff, it gets <laughs> yeah. fans going, you know. And I, I'm fully on board with your Adama Traore comparison and we all know that if you want to go full-blown Traore you have to get the pot of Vaseline out and start vassing them arms up like Traore does yeah we need (laughs) we need more of that at the Emirates someone needs to be his professional Vaselina who just goes around just lubing his arms up over and again over and over again on Nuno because he has the ability I guess what we're talking about you know if we are to be serious is of course he's got so much athletic ability seems very good technically as well from what I can see but there needs to be a finesse that should grow into his game an ability for us to trust him defensively you know in games where we're potentially outmatched are you going to be you know a liability when you're not able to do your you know carnage play (laughs) going the other way are we going to be able to trust you going up against good players and I think he can grow into showing that but What's so good about a player like that is they've got such a good starting point where their attacking abilities mean that they, you know, they they can be afforded a little bit more luxury on the other end because they're genuinely, you know, affecting games. And I am really excited by his start to his Arsenal career. I'm really encouraged. We said it at the start when when he signed along with Laconga. These are the kinds of players I I can get behind, to be fair. I know it's a smart sign-in, and I thought that they'd have a good chance of being successful. So, you know, we'll see. Um, the, the fact is, I thought you made a, a really good point as well about um, Emil Smith-Rowe. And the fact is, is that... And now, I really don't want to sound too negative here because I, I love Smith-Rowe. I think he's great, or he has great potential. But I think because of our dearth of, you know, positive... Um, um, situations at Arsenal, we as fans have become quite desperate and cling on to little Anything. rays of light, you know. So yeah. it's like Smith Rowe, he got the 10, it's Burkamp. And it's like, look, <laughs> you know, so true. We, we, we've got to calm down a little bit because, you know, fool me once, shame on shame on you, fool me twice, it's definitely my fucking fault. You know what I mean? And we've done it a number of times. And I think that we need to allow Smith-Rowe enough leeway to, you know, still mature. Because he's not there yet. And and quite frankly, that, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. He's got the number 10. We are expecting big things. But I'm not quite sure he's going to be delivering yet. I hope he goes on to do it. You know, maybe we're only a season away. But realistically, you're right. Uh, he's going to need to bang 10 goals. And I'm not sure he's at that stage yet. But on the same note, you know, that's all... Part of his development, I would argue, he's shown enough for us to be patient with Smith Rowe because if he does reach his potential, he's going to be one hell of a player.
Yeah. It, Smith Rowe has to have a bad couple of months, I feel. You know, like uh, it happens to every young player. They burst onto the scene. Everyone's excited. Then they have to digest what has actually happened to them. You know, this time last year, he was thinking, I've probably got to go out on loan. I'm injured again. Um, now this year, he's got the number 10 and the hopes and dreams of the entire world of Guna fandom on his shoulders, which I'm sure he'll tell you that, you know, he he wants that. But I think, I think form is going to be patchy. But the hope is that once you get into January and then he goes through all of the struggles the young athletes go through, then out the other end, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a, a stronger end to the season from Smith Rowe than a start, but getting on the score sheet nice and early. And also, like, the other thing that I love about the the young kids that we have, when you're a hail-ender, you don't need to be taught about a North London derby. You immediately get it. Yeah. You know, like, the, 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 the great Arsenal teams of the 2000s and the late 90s had a lot of foreign players in, and they learned... They learned yeah. the importance of that North London derby game. And then Patrick Vieira, they say, you know, what do you think about beating Spurs? He goes, I don't even think about it after the Palace game. And you're like, because he's because he's still got it. He still knows what it means. And Thierry Henry always talks about, you know, you've got, you got to understand what that game means to the fans. But when you've got Haylenders in the side, like Smith, Rowe and Saka, Saka's been quite, quite under par this season. And I think that that's being very fair. But you know, if there's a game he's going to show up in, it's going to be Spurs. You know that they're all going to be ch- Maitland Niles is going to want to be involved, yeah, uh, against Spurs. And I, I hope that maybe this is when a, a little bit of the the number ten hangover, a little bit of the Euro hangover, like wears off, and the team the team has to announce itself for the weekend. And we'll come onto the Spurs game later, but I'm more confident having young players that understand the local culture um, for games like that because um, inexperience doesn't matter as much as having a passion to want to destroy. Nuno, um, Nuno over at Spurs. So, um, other uh, talk, just before we go into more kids that I like, Patino didn't start, and you, you, you're like, oh, we, we have a habit of bigging up young players. Patino hasn't even started a game, and I came up with a song. Uh, nice, mate. To be honest, you know, I I just went on that big speech saying yeah. that we got to stop bigging up youngsters and stuff. Patino's different. <laughs> <laughs> He is. He I is. love He's the guy. Oh, yeah. no. I, I, oh, do you know what? Okay. I, I'm a bit too gassed with him. So you're going to have to rein me in, quite frankly. I, I'm gonna, I'm I'm liable to say something stupid about him, pr- yeah. making promises about his career. He, he's, he is, he's just energizing he's so, with his performances. What, what a, a dreamy talent. player. So Pertino, oh, Pertino, oh. He comes from Watford Town. He put Phil Jones on the ground. Pertino. Oh, there you go. I've got it. I've got it. You know, you have uh, nailed uh, it. He's uh, his parents are Spanish immigrants. You know that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought Patino was a North London name, but I, don't I know thought he was Italian myself. But um, yeah, yeah no, I I read that his parents were Spanish, and um, yeah, no, he's very very highly educated. Apparently, like super smart kid, uh, very humble, and. Uh, er- Everybody at the club thinks that he's gonna he's gonna be the next big thing, and and honestly, you you I'm kind of hoping that he is and that he lands hard this season because if we get an injury, I don't want to see El Nene in that position. I don't want to see Xhaka in that position, and he could be the thing, but he's he's just a little bit small at the moment, you know. Yeah, we have to be realistic, and I know I, I, you know I'm the same as you. I'm getting a bit carried away myself, but he is young, and Willa he could break through into the team. And yeah, yeah, the reality is, is he's young, and hopefully he's not actually needed because that means that we're having a good season, and he can continue to impress and maybe you know, get get a run in the League Cup, like, you know, at least some minutes under his belt or something of, of that ilk. But I must say on him, I, I think from just watching him, watching his highlights, I think he's a special player. Like, what the way he drifts on the ball, it is, it is Cesc Fabregas. It is Jack Wilshire. It is a special talent that can, you know, you not everyone has that ability. There's just no way to say it. You know, you can, you everyone knows if you watch a lot of football, you know when you see the real deal. You know. It doesn't mean that he's guaranteed going to make it because there could be loads of things. There could be injuries. There could be lots of things that might derail his career. But in terms of 
having the attributes to make it at the very top. There's no question he has it. His 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 balance and his touch and his ability to dribble, his finesse, his range of passing, like it's it, it's special. It is. Spe- it looks like, obviously, it's relative to the level he's playing at, and he seems like he's outperforming his level. But it looks like you know on um, Pro Evo or FIFA when back in the days we used to edit players and someone would make a player with like 99 passing and 99, but that looks what he's like on the field. He is just absolutely looking a cut above anyone he's playing against. And we've got every right to be excited, I think. And there's uh, people go, oh, Arsenal fans, we we overhype every player. Okay, look, you know, we thought Ainsley would be a, a good midfielder, but I don't ever think... We hyped Ainsley to be the, the the next coming of whoever. I think we instantly recognise something that's special. Sesk, yeah. Jack, Jack Wilshire, Saka, Smith yeah. Rowe. You recognise something that's something's different. And Patino Patino put in Phil Jones on the ground, nicking the ball off him, running into the box, and then dinking a ball over Henderson. Who was right up there to be in an England squad, uh, you know, a certain point a couple of seasons ago? Like that's that's class. That's Jack Wilshire scoring that that curler against West Ham when you know early is it earliest YouTube? I can't even remember, but I remember seeing the West Ham um, video and thinking, wow, that that Jack Wilshire's got something about him. Yeah. So I, I think the most difficult thing for those players is you are a superstar uh, before you've even kicked the ball. Like dealing with that pressure, like you, you almost hope that inside he's quite boring, because I wouldn't be. People were telling me I was the absolute shit at that age. I would be off the rails. Mm. Um, I'd be going full on Mario Balotelli, but I, I'm excited by him, and I think that Arteta said we had to give other players minutes, which makes sense. And he said, you know, he's he's training well. And this is the other thing. Uh, we'll talk about Arsenal press in a little bit, but. Arteta's saying the right things about young players now. Even Nketiah, who, you know, some could say didn't really get fair treatment um, back half of last season. He's like, you know, Eddie sets an example to everybody in training every day. And you're like, oh, this is new. And then we're talking about a kid. This time last, uh, well, in in January, Johnny, you and I were saying he never pumps the kids. Never. Mm. You know, he's always, never got anything nice to say. And he's saying nice things about Patino. He said, you know, he's training well, he's impressing, but, you know, his time will come. So, I'm excited about Patino, but let's talk about some players that are actually on the pitch. Sambi Laconga continuing to get good headlines. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm really impressed with Lakongo. I'm really happy that we signed him. He seemed, you know, from the moment we were interested in him, we were both jumping on here, you know, saying that we were very, <clears throat> excuse me, we were very um, intrigued by the deal and encouraged by it. And he looks, you know, not just someone who can help us out from an athletic point of view, um, good energy, good legs, quick, powerful, but also extremely technically sound, um, great vision. And he looks like someone who can start to thread those passes. And if there was that need for a granite Xhaka, I'm not saying I have the need, but, you know, in Arteta's mind, for a player who might be able to, you know, thread the lines with their passing, um you know, um, into the final third. That's what Xhaka has typically done for Arteta. And I think Lekonga absolutely has shown that he could do that from a technical standpoint. And I think everyone can see that he can offer you more in terms of legs. So if there are, and I know there's a lot of people out there who are praying for the end of Granite Xhaka and his Arsenal career, um, you know, I think that Lekonga ultimately might be uh, might might bring about the end of Xhaka because I think that 
if he continues um, on this trajectory in terms of his form, and there's no reason why he can't. He's been a captain at a decent European club. He's, you know, it's not like it's his first season playing, you know, and obviously he's, he's looking like he's not only competent, but ready to make an impact at this level. So by the end of the season, you might find that that is our starting duo in midfield as first choice in the form of Lukonga and Party. Hopefully Party stays fit. And I think that them as a a duo offers a lot more than Xhaka and Party. Um, certainly in terms of Lukonga's potential. So, um, yeah, you know, he's, he's certainly a player that has impressed me so far. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's only a matter of time before he takes over from Xhaka. And actually, I'm quite interested to see what happens this week with uh, Granite coming back into fold because does he automatically go back in or do you reward Sambi the Conga, who, let's be honest, hasn't really put a foot wrong since he started. So I think it's uh, I think it's great that we found a young, talented player like captain of Anderlecht. Um, under Vincent Company, like you've got, a, you've got a leader there. I mean, he's probably not imposing himself as a leader right now, but doesn't hide on the pitch. Always takes the more difficult pass, and yeah. I love the way that every time he receives the ball and passes, he's moving into space. He's always making himself an option, and it's just um, he's dynamic. And I don't think Granite Xhaka is dynamic. Granite Xhaka is disciplined and very much chained to the system. But I think Samba de Conga um, is is disciplined, but also he gives you more options, can cover can cover more ground, and I think he is the perfect player to partner with uh, with Thomas Party. So well, we'll we'll see where that goes. I mean, <clears throat> Xhaka is the most ill-disciplined disciplined player. Um, like when you think, you know, when you think um, with regards to our upcoming massive fixture against Tottenham. There's a lot of people who would rightfully, in my mind, come up with a question of, can you trust Granite Xhaka not to get sent off in this game? Can you? Could you trust it? Like, I, for me, no, this is the not. kind of game he could get himself. He could get a red card first game back. Gets another red card. That's what Xhaka. That's what is built into him. So for me, I think, you know. It's weird how it often gets painted as being the safe thing to do would be to go with the, you know, the experienced pro and just put them back in. That's the safe thing to do. With a case like Xhaka, I actually think the safe thing to do is to keep Lekonga in the team because you know what you're going to get with him. Or we've certainly not seen him launch into madness on a regular basis. You know what I mean? So I think the fact that we could much more likely place our money on Lukonga not getting sent off means that even, you know, there's so many different factors that would say to me, why would Xhaka get back in the team? Not least his, you know, his his ability, quite frankly, or lack of. But, um, and I do, you know, I've said on the, I've seen this, but I don't think Xhaka has been the worst performer for us over the last 18 months, but he has a ceiling. And what I would definitely say is Lukonga's ceiling is higher than Granite Xhaka's ceiling. And so for me, Sometimes these things happen. It's quite obvious that it was going to happen with Xhaka, but that at some point during the season, Xhaka would get sent off or get injured or something. Lukonga was going to get a chance, and our hope was that he could do enough so that there was no need to go back to Xhaka. Will it be too early after six games? I don't know, but for me, I don't think Xhaka should be getting in the team. You don't go right into the starting eleven after after getting sent off for being an absolute idiot and, and then getting injured for being an absolute idiot. So uh, for me, <laughs> for me, it's a no. For me, it's a no. Uh, right. Let's move on to a, a, a weird story. Uh, you know, we touched on it. Eddie Nketiah over Balogun. Balogun got the first game of the season. Was absolutely anonymous as far as I'm concerned, but way off the pace. Um, Eddie had a great preseason, but... I think you know, he either got injured or he was part of the COVID crew. Uh, he gets a game last night. Fans furious. Um, but Eddie scored a great goal. I don't think, you know, I think he was a bit rough around the edges, but that goal was absolutely superb. That was Carnu uh, esque It was. Uh, wasn't it brilliant? Like, what what, what an arrogant little uh, little piece of trickery to play if you haven't scored. I just, I, I love, I love that. Because that that was the sort of confidence he was showing in pre-season and the sort of confidence he rarely shows when he puts on an Arsenal shirt. Like, if he had a little bit more of that in his game, a little bit more belief, 
you know, that's my worry that when he goes, he will find that belief and he will start scoring goals like that. But, you know, can't argue with a goal, right? You get a start, you score a goal and it's important. Well, you know, I'm so pleased you brought up that Carnu goal because that's exactly what I thought. The greatest proponent of that kind of flick was Nwankro Carnu against Middlesbrough in our 6-2 victory, I believe. And it was just... It was just majestic. That that was so good because I've never seen someone flick the ball into the net like that from so far out. It like it wasn't it wasn't like you know in a six yard box. It was it was far. He'd done it from about fifteen yards. It was well impressive. Um, so check that goal if you haven't already, or just reminisce because it is a wonderful goal. Um, look, the Inketia stuff is so weird to me because. I I just don't think he's good enough for Arsenal. I don't think he's got what we need. Um, you know, you talk about, and you make a good point about whether or not um, this, you know, is hiding in there. It just needs that confidence to come out. But unfortunately, look, this is this is your go, mate. So you have to start doing it. It's not a, oh, I really am a good player, believe in me. No, this is your chance. If you don't do it, then you're not. And the fact is, is there's plenty of players who have not been able to make it at a certain club. And, you know, sometimes they go on and have better days at another club. That's football. That's the way it goes. But you have a small window to get it right for Arsenal. You've come through the academy. You have to show that you are better than one of our players. And even though our strikers are currently in a downtrend in form, they still, their ceilings, we have seen them do special things. And being someone who's just, what has he done for us? Like scored goals by chasing keepers down, getting some tap-ins. It doesn't set the the mind ablaze with, you know, that player's potential and, and our belief in them in big games. So... For me, you know, it's great that he, he he scored a goal, but probably as much as anything to inflate his sell-on price. I think Balogun needs more of an opportunity, rather like the situation with Martinelli, who had a good game as well. Um, I've heard from reports, but um, because I didn't watch it like everyone else. But um, ultimately, Martinelli previously when being given a game earlier in the season looked really disappointing actually um when we'd asked for so long to see him but on the same note for me, you've got to give that player a you know regular minutes for them to be able to play them especially when they've been out for so long and I think that Balogun is the same yes he didn't set the world alight in his first starts but I'd, I would like to see more of him I don't think you know Eddie's had a good go over the years, he's had a yeah. number of opportunities. There's no no one could say that Eddie and Ketia hasn't had a chance at Arsenal, but Balogun hasn't had his chance yet. And though he might not have started um, his first team um, career off with you know uh, the brightest of bangs, there's nothing to stop it from being something that's a slow burner and can be something certainly better than what Nketiah can offer us at this stage. So I definitely would like to see Balogun getting more of a go, even if he's slightly got slightly further to go than Nketiah because Balogun's going to be around longer for us. And I think he's, well, we, we would at least hope that his ceiling is higher than Nketiah's because I don't think he's ultimately good enough for us. Yeah, I, I think the the way that those players are advised is leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, I, I think Balogun should have taken a loan this season. Should have gone to the Bundesliga or... You know, gone to gone to Holland like uh, like Reese Nelson did, and you know, got some minutes in your legs. Like what? What's like? You, you're never gonna you're never gonna get twenty games this season. But if you if you got thirty five games on the continent and banged in fifteen goals, you're gonna come back next season. And you're gonna be ready because you've you've got all of that experience. So, firstly, I thought it was odd the that we kept him around and that the player wanted to be kept around when he should really be out learning to play his trade. He's not ready to start for any Premier League club at the moment. It, it, it'd be like Rian Brewster if, um, <laughs> if if he was starting games. And I, and, I, and I don't mean that as an insult to his ability because he's got, you know, he's he could go right to the top. But like the Brentford game really showed you how far off the pace he was physically. And it takes a while to, to get up to, to that standard. And then you've got Eddie and Ketia, and again, it's like, well, how many games are you going to play this season, Eddie? If you if you'd taken a loan and extended your deal by a year, you'd be worth a lot of money at the end of the season, and people would be in, you'd have more choice than Crystal Palace. You know, if if he if he went to another Premier League club this season and scored fifteen goals, 
he would be in high demand with all the teams that are coming up, all the teams that had just made it in the league. And, you know, maybe he could get a, a move to a club like Everton. But instead, the same agent has got both strikers at the club, fourth and fifth in the pecking order for one position. And it's 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 just mad that both of those players sat there with the same agent and said, "What what is going on here? What are we what are we doing?" So, um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that. To be honest, I get I understand what your point is, but I don't I don't agree with that. Ultimately, so out of those players, one of them has to be able to provide support for our strike force because it's our weakest area right now, and we have two main protagonists. Um, vying for those starting positions up front who are both out of form so when you look at our season and you think one of our biggest issues is scoring goals how are we going to get to the required number of goals and if Obama Yang's form doesn't start to dramatically improve and Lacazette doesn't start to bang in more goals when he does play as well then we are going to have to look for different striking options there's no question about it now because of what looks like uh, this is aside from the acquisitions we made, but um, you know, in terms of getting players off our books, it looks so muddled and confused. And and Ketia just seemed like such an open goal to sell, and yet we didn't take that money, even you know, for what it was. You know, Willock took ages to get him out the door as well. When that, I don't know how that ended up taking so long. So, I think if you were Balagun and you were being told that Nketia was going to go on out on loan. Or, or he was sorry, he was going to get sold. Then I'd be like, I'm staying because there's a good chance I'm getting minimum of League Cup games, minimum, um, and maybe I'm getting, you know, five or six Premier League games towards the end. And it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna only benefit me if I do well in those Premier League games. In terms of they're going to be looking for new strikers, and this is how you break through. That's how I would have thought about it. But the fact that. And Ketia stayed last minute, and now we've been left with two strikers who we're not sure can do it anymore, and two strikers we're not sure are good enough. I think it's a it's a really confusing up front. Um, our our situation in terms of our strikers is really confusing, and the least encouraging part of our playing squad at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I agree. It's uh, it, it, something's going to have to give, and I suspect it will give in January because. There's no way both of them are going to hang around and not play. So we'll see how that goes. Um, right, I've got a, I, I've got speed up because I've got a meeting at th- uh, three o'clock. It is over uh, where I am at the moment. Let's just touch on Ramsdale. Let, let, where are you, Johnny? The, the people want to know. Where are you? Don't pretend I, you don't love him. I heard you on last podcast, by the way, <laughs> and you put a shout out. As I was listening, I did chuckle to myself. I'm hearing things like Ramsdaleans. Uh, yeah. there's a name for the collective so shout out to all you dudes Ramsdalians, it's a good one um, we know the, the Pepe puppy dogs have been getting really loud on Already, Twitter yeah, 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 coming yeah. for me uh, I was even called an, an English peasant at one point in, in correspondence or, or a British peasant or something a, a very odd diatribe oh. by yeah. a guy who was coming to Pepe's defence <laughs> Oh my word! Oh, yeah. It wasn't a joke. He's... No, no, no. He's like, no, you got called an, a British, pe- no, an English peasant as well, mate. It was both of us saying that we were slagging off Pepe. It was really bizarre, but there you go. Um, I, I don't know what kind of nobleman this this gentleman is. Maybe he's a baron or something. But I, I don't think peasant is <laughs> my my status at the moment. But irrespective, anyway, um, I think Ramsdale. And this is kind Ramsdale is kind of a um kind of symbolic for Arsenal's current uh current plight, if you like, in the sense that one of the things that we can take away from the recent results, because I will say that I am not completely blown away by these results. At the end of the day, we'd beat we'd beat Norwich and Burnley. These are games that we should ultimately be be winning. There is a caveat on Burnley. I think it's a difficult place to go, but they're still one of the poorer teams in the in the league. And um, I think it was a good sign that we could gut it out. And this is this is the point I'm kind of more generally make, making. What has been so encouraging is the ability to go to a place like Burnley, which is hard to win at. They're not going to be able to outplay you per se, but you, they know their style. They know what they're going to give you. And for you to stand toe-to-toe with them, and say that you are not going to out 
compete us physically, we will not be bullied. As Arsenal fans, we know that that stuff, we need it. Emotionally, we need it at this stage. It, it, it lifts the spirit. We've seen gutless teams in so many years, so many iterations of just different ways of being gutless in big crunch games. And these games when you're in Sheffield United on a Wednesday night, it's cold and rainy and you know we're going out of cups and Burnley getting beaten up there, Blackburn Rovers, all awful, horrible places, cold and windy, Stoke, I don't, I don't like saying the name. Um, but the ability at this stage to have players who are going to, and I think that Ram, to bring it back to Ramsdale, he embodies this the most. I'm not afraid of cold windies on Tuesday nights. Any time in the country. Exact high balls. I'm up for it, mate. He's been he's been raised in English football, in English leagues. There's nothing that surprises him. You know, he's scared, he's scared of skillful players taking the piss out of him and lobbing him, making him look silly. He's certainly not scared of a brutish striker. He's been it's meat and drink for the guy. This is where he is. And and I'm encouraged to have playing staff starting at keeper level. And, I, and I've not completely made my peace with Ramsdale, to be clear. I, I'm not, I think he started great and he excites me for having that raw um, competitiveness and aggression. I'm not sure yet that he will be the complete answer that we need at goalkeeper, but it's been a great start to the season. And if he continues along this, um, again, along this path, I think that he will, he's got every every chance of being a success at Arsenal. And I will eat my words and I'll be happy to because I want him to do well. It's just that, you know, some people are getting a little carried away after two games. They're like, here we go. We've got Pagliuca in goal. Johnny, Johnny, (laughs) that sounded pretty much like uh, what we're hearing at clubs Ramdalian. That was a Ramsdalian (laughs) speech there. So you were like, oh, I love him, I love him, I love him. But not that much. It's not not, not done deal yet. He can still mess up. All right, Johnny, I have to go because I've got a meeting coming up. Johnny, it's a pleasure having you um, back. Uh, Are you going to be around for the Spurs game at the weekend? Yeah, Sunday's the big one. You will see me there. I'll be suitably um, amped. Uh, We need a big result. It's it's, Again, there's been so many of them, but it looks like a real D-Day. And I think everyone knows it. It's going to be a massive weather vein as to where we are going. So big game. You need your big players out there. And I will be back on Sunday. Awesome. Okay. And uh, you can get Johnny at iJohnnyCochran. It's all the socials, as you can see. And uh, And Twitch. And Twitch. And if you're watching this on video, tell us what you thought. If you're listening to this on a podcast, give us a five-star review. And on that note, we'll see you on Sunday. Sleep well, everybody. We're going going to battle on Sunday. The Ramsdalians will relent. Ciao for now. Peacock Streaming, the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.